VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everyone. Welcome inside our Bears Talk podcast. If you're not already listening to this on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, or Google Play, we encourage you to subscribe as we also send out these links through CSNChicago.com. It's our post-game edition. Chris Bowden joined by the former Bears, Alex Brown and Jim Miller. The end result, another loss, 27-21 to Tennessee. But, uh, Alex, as we look at this thing big picture, there's lots to be encouraged by with the way they finished this game because down 24-7 at one point in the third quarter. The sad part is, unfortunately, at this point of the season, this is what we're grasping for and using as positives, though. Yeah, but you, you have to find something. I mean, there's, there's still five more games left in the season, and you got to find something um, to build a team on because we're not just looking at this year. We're looking at next year and the year after that because it's a process. It's a building process, and this is the foundation you're laying right here for that new team that you're so um, building, so to speak. So the guys that you see are out there playing and they're giving it everything they got. These are the guys you want on your team. When they know there's no hope for the playoffs, there's no hope for um, getting that playoff check, there's no hope. Like, you're two and, you're two and eight. You're struggling right now, and you got an opportunity – to play football again, yeah, I like the guys that go out and they take advantage of that opportunity. Now, some of those opportunities we miss. You got some of these receivers in here, they're dropping the football all over the place. Hey, they think, and Josh Bellamy, or, um, yeah, Josh Bellamy said it in his uh, press conference, I'll get you next time. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is there, is there a next time? Yeah. Well, at least one of the next times has been checked off after, after Sunday <laughs> yes. afternoon. Right. But, Jim, you were, we talked on the postgame, you were on a couple of these teams that – yeah. Just were beset by injuries in 2000 and 2002, sandwiched around the 2001 playoff season. And, and one thing we want to keep an eye on here is that there's still a tone to be set here by this team, or at least from the coaching staff, John Fox, uh, yeah, having that attitude trickle down within the locker room to prevent any further unraveling that there's already been from the record, from the injuries, and from the suspensions. Too. Yeah. Well, I think if you just, and I always talk about the back end of your roster. So let's say this, let's use the example of three receivers that, uh, that Alex just threw out there. By far to me today, Marquise Wilson's the one that stepped to the forefront. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you were going to say, hey, if we had to choose, if we had one last roster spot at receiver, and it's between Bellamy, it's between uh, Cam Meredith, and it's between Marquise Wilson, that decision has just been made. Hmm. Granted, I think Wilson has to come back and improve it again. There's no doubt about that. There's still time left in, in the season. But that's what we mean by you got to have at every position the strongest players possible. Some players wilted today. But what I do like about the Bears from last week to this week, last week we, we know right now the Giants would be in the playoffs. Hmm. Tennessee is creeping up to be a playoff <clears throat> yep. team because Houston keeps on stubbing their toe. The Bears were in it in both of those games. Those are playoff teams, and the Bears had an opportunity with the last drive in the Giants game. And technically, Barkley threw two touchdowns back-to-back -to -back in, in this game that could have given the Bears the opportunity to win. So those are the plays you have to make. And I think this team is finding it out. The one last thing, how do we finish? But they're right there in both of these games and should have won them. And the team that uh, the Titans are chasing in the Houston Texans the Bears had on the ropes early that, in the good season. Good point. That's had right. Them on the ropes. And the Titans are chasing them for the division lead. So they're not that far away. 
It's just getting everybody healthy and then doing, understanding that consistency is what's going to win these games. Down late, late in the ball game is being consistent, making sure everybody does their job each and every time. That's what wins these games. The offensive line, take, take the play uh, Bellamy dropped at the end or Thompson. The offensive line blocks everybody. Barkley throws the ball where it's supposed to be. He throw, there's a blitz coming. He gets hit as he's throwing it. He throws it before the blitz gets there. Everybody does their job, and the receiver drops the football. You know, it's one player can make a whole can, – can make the whole game go south if he don't do his job. Everybody has to do their job. And you see the trickle-down effect, too, of all these different moving parts working with each other yeah. for the first time at game speed, mm-hmm. too. Right. And, and now it's – like you said, it's you're putting fires out everywhere. But here's what we've noticed over, say, the last four weeks. Bears have run the football consistently. The Bears' defense has gotten off the field in the second half when they've needed mm-hmm. to. Now, again, there's other areas that are holding this team back. Got to strengthen those areas or see who's going to rise up because it's going to benefit for next year. It's how you, if, when you finish strong, all those type of things, that type of stuff can carry over. So, and it we'll, does. We'll see what they it, do. it does carry over. You put those good things on the wall and you say, you know what? Okay, we're, we do this well. Now, if we can add a couple things to this, we can be a pretty doggone good defense. Mm-hmm. And the same thing on the offensive side of the football. We run the football well. Jordan Howard's having a great year, in my opinion. I think he's having a great year. Can he get the ball more? Maybe he'd have an even bigger year. But he's having a great year. The offensive line, with all the injuries, I think are having a decent season. But once we get everybody back, and then we can do stuff a little more consistent, I think this team's not far, man. They're not far away because you look at the leader in this division, it's Detroit, all right? It's Detroit. And they're flawed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. So this, this division, and that's where you start. You don't just make the playoffs. The first thing is win your division. And it's, a, pu- and it's a pipe dream to think that you're going to make it through an entire – or all your best players are going to make right. it through an entire season healthy. Danny Trevathan, the latest hit right mm-hmm. there uh, during Sunday's game against Tennessee. And unfortunately, it happened on the second or la- second to last play. The defense was out there, but um, – Alex started mentioning the offensive line. I think that's kind of a, an unsung, I don't know if hero is the right word, but some unsung respect should be dished out because we came into this game thinking Tennessee has 30 sacks. Massey's coming back from a concussion. A lot of people aren't sold on the other edge with Charles Leno Jr., but we didn't hear Arakpo's or, or Morgan's name very often he on Sunday. A, he had a clean pocket to throw. The play-action pass was there. They were, that's the seventh-ranked defense when you look at Tennessee. at stopping the run. They ran a lot of single safety. Bears ran it right down their throat. Hit them with some big plays and uh, and gashed them. And even from the passing standpoint, Tennessee ranks 23rd in the NFL. If the Bears catch the football, the Bears exposed them in that area too. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, Barkley finishes with over 300 yards and uh, you know uh, the touchdowns. But it could have been even better when you when you look at it from the Bears passing aspect of it. Yeah, and uh, the Bears did not get to Mariota, so this is two straight weeks. Mm-hmm. The defense has been unable to get home against the opposing quarterback after having uh, 24 sacks through their first nine games that put them in the top 10. But uh, nevertheless, we talk about fight, and, and Alex, I know that in the postgame show you were kind of weighing between whether this to be impressed with the Bears' fight or whether this was just a case of a team that's learning how to win in Tennessee taking their, their foot mm-hmm. off an opponent's, opponent's neck. That's part of their learning process, too. I think so. I mean, they, you, you look over at that ball club, and they're building their team, offensive line, defensive line, and then they start to put the pieces. They got their, their own franchise quarterback. Now they got two legit running backs um, that they can pound it out and grind out games at the end. 
Um, but now they got to understand how to come out in the second half. You come out in the second half on a team that, that that's won two games all year, and you mean to tell me you don't think they might kick an onside kick? They have nothing to lose. You got to be aware, and they were completely unaware mm-hmm. of, <coughs> excuse me, of the fact that um, they may do this. So, and then the offense almost were playing. All right, let's just let's just run this clock out. We don't Roll really together. need to score anymore mm-hmm. like that. And you can't do that because then you see the other team. You give them life. They get a play early in the fourth quarter. They score a touchdown, and now you go three and out. They get another touchdown. Now things start to roll downhill, and it's hard to stop that, that snowball once it starts going. All in all, the Bears are still professional athletes, and I think when you see a team gets momentum, you yep. saw the momentum change mm-hmm. in this game, and that's, that's another thing the Bears need to learn too. When you get that momentum, now, now is your opportunity to take advantage of it, and they couldn't finish. They couldn't finish. That's the last part the Bears got to get finish to that. it. Yeah, and it was almost with the with the personnel. We mentioned this during post game live as well. The personnel at the receiver spots the Bears had out there. Um, uh, you know, you, you could use this as an excuse for some of the drops as well. But you know, it's a bunch of guys that probably have chips on their shoulders. Uh, from the wide receiver standpoint, Marquise Wilson is the only drafted player in that group, and he was a seventh rounder. Bellamy, Thompson, Meredith, all undrafted. The three tight ends that they had on their roster are active, all undrafted in Broniker, Daniel Brown, who caught a touchdown pass, and Logan Paulson. So uh, this, was, uh, this was the crew at the end of the block that no one wants to pick on their team. He, well, exactly, but at the, at the same point, and we've said it pretty much every week, who's going to be the guy to step up? You know, we can go roster to roster across. I always bring up Seattle. Why can't any of the Bears undrafted free agent wide receivers say, I'm going to be the next John Baldwin mm-hmm. or Doug Baldwin, excuse me, mm-hmm. or, or uh, Curse up there? Yep. Those guys are making plays. Why can't these guys do it? Are they too scared to do it? Are they not committed to do it? I mean, you just once you walk between the lines and you make up your mind, hey, not today. I'm not going to be the guy. I'm going to ball out and I'm going to play and be focused for 60 minutes. You can't have a letdown because it's, it's that margin of error, again, is that small in the NFL, and they don't have the luxury to do that, say, oh, I'm going to take a playoff mm-hmm. here. They don't have that luxury. Right. We ain't got to go that far. We don't have to go that far. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a great comparison with, um, with the Seattle guys, but just look up north in Minnesota and look at Stephon Diggs. Yeah. He's a fifth-round draft pick, and this kid right here is turning himself into a number one receiver mm-hmm. for that ball club. So, I mean, he comes out and he can win a ball game for you. And it's all about concentration and understanding your craft. You you mentioned it earlier, Jim, when you said I'm about Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Antonio Brown may be the best, definitely one of the most exciting players in the NFL, but he might yeah. be the best receiver in the NFL. He's a six-round pick out of Central Michigan. Here, yeah, that's it's great because I want, when I did the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers training camp for, for Sirius XM NFL Radio, it was funny because the other undrafted kid who's starting to emerge for the Steelers is Eli Rogers. Mm-hmm. And that's why I brought up the story mm-hmm. in the postgame uh, uh, show about, so here, Eli Rogers, the practice is over. He starts walking towards the locker room, and Antonio Brown is down on the jugs machine every day for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. He catches for 45 minutes every every day. So all uh, uh, the head coach there, Mike Tomlin, goes, hey, where are you going, Eli? Look at that guy down there. He's all pro, and he goes to Pro Bowls. Yeah. Where do you think you're going? Yeah. He goes, I suggest you get down there. That's, that's all Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. had to say because yeah. he, he's worked himself into being a great receiver. Probably well, he's got the most touchdowns in the NFL currently. And that's a great example for Eli Rogers and, and, to learn from as an undrafted and, and free agent. And I'm down, at, down in New Orleans, and I'm talking about this is old school, 
two practices a day, and Drew Brees and that receiving staff, every receiving core, they would stay in between practices. They didn't leave the field in between practices. They would stay out there and they it was would a little hot routes. down there too. Oh, it's, oh, it's 110. <laughs> it's 110, and they never left the field during practice. They would stay and run routes and run routes. I, I'd be willing to bet that they could they could run those routes and Drew could throw the ball with his eyes closed mm-hmm. because they've done it so many times. But that's what you have to have. You, you they're always in the right spot. But it's because of practice. It's because they do it and they do it. This is your job. You don't have class. You have anything else to do. This is your job. Your family's on board. They understand what you do. Let's do it. You, you take that 45 minutes and turn yourself into the best player that you can be. You may not become Antonio Brown, but you could be a little better than what you are. And a little better means that you make those catches in those big, um, big time moments than, than not. It's a nice paycheck the league provides if you put your work Absolutely. into it. All right. Time for us to take a breather. Alex, Jim, and I will be back in a few minutes, but stand by because Mark Chanowski and former Bears head coach Dave Wanstead are going to weigh in on this 27-21 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Warm up for every Bears game one hour before kickoff with Bears pregame live. Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, Jim Miller, and host Chris Bowden get you ready for kickoff and have instant reaction on Bears postgame live immediately following the game. The best Bears coverage in the city is on CSN Chicago. All right, thank you very much, Dave. You've been with some teams with the Bears that have struggled. What's it like you get midseason and you're finding something to hold some hope on? They got Matt Barkley through three touchdown passes. Does this give them some momentum going forward? Well, it does. You know, and unfortunately, it's one thing losing some games uh, with your veteran players and your guys. I mean, that can be frustrating. But when you go through what John Fox is going through now on the staff, injuries. You know what I mean? So there's nothing you can do about it except – Hey, I got all these young players, these, whether they're free agents or draft picks, let's get them on the field, which they're doing, and get them as much experience as we can and find out if these guys are really players or not. I mean, if you know what happened today with a couple drop passes, if that happens next week and the week after, hey, it makes a coach's and a general manager's decision easy. You know what? This guy's had opportunities rather than going into it next year and saying, God, I wish I would have played him some. Wonder if he would make that play. Mm-hmm. It makes the, the personnel questions a lot cleaner. I want to ask you more about Matt Barkley. Here's a guy that played at USC. He was considered a Heisman Trophy candidate at one point, hurt his shoulder, had a so-so senior year, gets drafted in the middle rounds. And as you know, there's a fine line in the NFL between guys who become stars and guys that just kind of fall off to the wayside. Do you think Barkley has the tools to be a frontline NFL quarterback? Well, I, I don't know. I really don't know, Mark, to, to, if, he's, if he could be a frontline player, but he could definitely help a team win and be, you know, a Brian Hoyer backup sure. guy yeah. that can come in and, and, and play four or five games for you and, and, and not get you knocked out of the playoffs. You know, I mean, he seems – I like his attitude. He seems like he's really – uh, you know, committed to, to what's going on and into it and understands the concepts, the team mm-hmm. concepts. He made, you know, pretty good decisions today for the most part. I mean, if they catch a ball at the end, he's a hero today. Think about how quick it would turn. So I think there's something there to work with going forward. The Bears brought back David Fales, who was on their team for a couple of seasons. He was on Baltimore's practice squad. He's the backup right now. But do you think with five games left at some point, they'll give Fales a start to see what they've got there as well? 
Well, I, just hearing John Fox and, and knowing Foxy, you know, I, I think that he was pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. with how Barkley played today. So I think they'll go into it next week with Barkley, give him another chance, and but but have uh, you know be ready to make a change if they have to, mm -hmm. and not feel as bad as if you're taking a Jay Cutler, a, a true starter, out of the lineup. But I think they'll give Barkley one more chance because Foxy said he did some good things, surprisingly. You talked about the drop passes earlier. We have to remember Alshon Jeffrey, league suspension. Mm. Kevin White, injury. Zach Miller, out for the season, broken right. foot. Their starters are That's all out. That's three guys. So you got your kick returner, Deontay Thompson, back there. And you've got a guy in Josh Bellamy, who's probably your sixth or seventh receiver going into training camp. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, God, I mean, you know, the, the guys are doing everything they can. And I loved about what they said after the game, you know, when they were interviewed, they looked the camera in the eye and they said, mm -hmm. you know what, I got to make that play. There were no excuses from the quarterback yeah. or the protection or I wasn't ready or anything. Bad pass. I mean, they said, hey, I got to make that play. If, if a coach hears that, boy, the next week you're kind of excited mm -hmm. about working this kid, you know, and going further because you know that he gets it and, and he's not an excuse maker. He's a stand-up guy. And you look at your offensive line, your Pro Bowl guards, Kyle Long, Josh Sitton are out. So you've got two guys who are basically centers in Ted Larson and Eric Cush playing guard. And they didn't yeah. allow a sack against a Tennessee team that's known for rushing the pass. They, they are. And, you know, I, I didn't realize how Tennessee has come along on defense going into this game. I was looking at this this morning, and uh, Dick LeBeau, we all know him from his reputation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Blitz City, a lot of pressure. He knows what he's doing as far as attacking an offensive line. They were seventh in the NFL in number of sacks going into this Bears game. And to come out with zero, that was an outstanding job of the, of the offensive line first. You know, and, and Barkley again, getting rid of the football. Well, last week I got you to jump on the Lions bandwagon because, you know, Green Bay went the wayside. I did. I got that Lions Den. You got oh, me yeah. in the Lions Den. You're in the Lions Den. They beat the Vikings on Thanksgiving Day and Matt Stafford again with some late-game magic. It, it, you know, that's some teams are finding ways. There's an expression. You know, some teams find a way to win. Some teams are finding ways to lose mm -hmm. games at the end. Uh, the Lions right now are winning. And Jim Caldwell and those guys, I don't know. Everyone's talking about, you know, the change in coordinators that he did last year has made a big difference. I mean, hey, Stafford's got a lot of talent. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this guy was a first-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now he's healthy. They're protecting him. Uh, receivers are making plays. And defense is doing just enough, you know, when they get that lead to, to keep him in games. And I, I think it's a nice combination. And when you look around the division, you compare them. I mean, you know, obviously they just beat the Vikings. Uh, you know, I think they match up well against the Bears. And the Packers right now, they're oh, an yeah. arrow going down. <laughs> Arrow going up in Dallas. They are riding high. Ooh. What is it? Nine wins in a row. Wow. I mean, I mean, they've been so impressive. And I thought that Kirk Cousins and the Redskins might get them on Thanksgiving, but they did not. Uh, I, I did, too. I would have picked the Redskins uh, just because I thought that Dallas was the young team and they were ready to kind of put their guard on. But they are doing the right. They're running the ball. They, they're playing just good enough defense. I, you know, they, uh, Sean Lee, the middle linebacker, he might be a pro bowler. I don't even know. But they don't have household names on that defense. You know, and the offense is holding on to the football, uh, running the clock down, and the quarterback's not turning it over and putting them in bad position. He's throwing nine touchdowns to every one interception. I mean, that's yeah. off the charts, particularly for a rookie. Yeah, 10 straight wins it is for the Cowboys, so I shortchanged wow. Jerry one there. Let's talk college a little bit before we get out of here. 
you're going to be in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship yes. game. Penn State against Wisconsin. And some people will say, those aren't even the two best teams in the league. Ohio State and Michigan played a classic over the weekend. Ohio State is 11-1, ranked second in the country. But now they're waiting to see what happens in the title game. What's your read on what happens if Penn State wins? Nothing. They, they give them a uh, Big Ten championship ring. Or and whatever. they get a nice bowl game. And they get a nice bowl game, uh, <laughs> a better bowl game. But, no, Ohio State is, is the top team right now. <laughs> God, I got to say this. I got to say Ohio State and Michigan are probably the two best teams in the Big Ten. I mean, we can talk about, you know, everything else we want, but, but if you look at the whole body of work from start to finish, uh, Paul Christ is my coach of the year at Wisconsin. I mm -hmm. mean, I think he has done a fabulous job. And their resume is a little bit better than Penn State's. James Franklin has done a great job at Penn State. But uh, whoever wins that, I don't see Wisconsin or Penn State jumping Ohio State in the final pool and getting into the playoffs. I mean, this is this is a this this is un this is new waters, untreaded waters as far right. as this committee. They thought it would be simple that the conference winner wins, they get in, we have our coffee, we go home. Yeah, and the fifth weakest conference champion gets left out, mm -hmm. but now they got a big mess on their hands. Yes, sir. Well, for all the folks at home who enjoy watching Dave do his studio work for Fox Television over the weekend, give them an idea what your travel schedule is going to be like for this week. Uh, anybody that doesn't want to sleep for three days, <laughs> come with me. Uh, we're, I'm in L.A. We got the uh, Pac-12 championship game Friday night. Uh, Robert Smith, my partner, we're getting on a red eye. We're flying to Chicago. Get in here uh, about 7 in the morning. Get in a car, drive to Indy, change clothes, wash my face, <laughs> go over. We got a production meeting at the convention yeah. center, and then do the the uh, Big Ten championship game Saturday night. And then rather than fly, I mean, if it's four hours or less, I'm <laughs> getting in a car. And I'm getting in a car Sunday morning, coming back here, and I'll be sitting here with you. I was going to say, don't worry, Bears fans. Dave has not forgot about you. He'll be back here <laughs> next Sunday night. We will break down the Bears 49ers game. Chicago Bears Pro Bowl linebacker Lance Briggs is making his return to CSN Chicago this season. Briggs and host Pat Boyle dissect from the Bears' previous game and look ahead to the next. Don't miss the Lance Briggs Show, Tuesdays at 11 p.m. on CSN Chicago. Alex Brown, Jim Miller, Chris Bowden, back now on our Bears Talk podcast. Let's talk a little bit more about Matt Barkley's performance, how he grew throughout that game, and um, how he probably opened some eyes. We talked in our pregame show about this, you know, perhaps being a crossroad moment for a guy who's kind of been a journeyman throughout his NFL career. Now opportunity presents itself, and at least the first step, Jim, didn't start out too pretty, but I think he's uh, definitely, if not earned himself another start next week, which you know will happen, you know, if he continues performing the way he did Sunday against Tennessee and making progress, making those steps throughout game, he may have the uh, spot behind center for a, a little while here. Well, here's what opened my eyes about him. With a clean pocket, obviously, he did settle in. You could see he was in rhythm. He was a much more accurate passer than I ever thought he, he would be. And what I mean by that, the jump ball down the sideline and Marquise Wilson, he put it in the only spot. Even on, on most of those drops, he was sneaking him in there behind the defender uh, with, with the only spot he could put the football. Also overcoming the interceptions. He knows 
he can't have those red, red zone interceptions. Every quarterback knows that. That'll be the quickest thing out of the lineup. I would think those are two things that he can learn from and certainly was much better protecting the football uh, in the second half. Situational play, thought he was great from that standpoint, working the two-minute drill down there to the end, but constantly always read the defense correctly and went to the right guy in the progression of his read. Just unfortunately, the receivers weren't holding on to it. Mm -hmm. Alex, who knows when Jay is going to be ready, but uh, <laughs> if, uh, if uh, Matt Barkley, you know, this is just one game. We don't want to get too hyped up about mm -hmm. it, but Jay does his usual I'm back earlier than expected here. Can I play a couple games at the end? Do you give him that opportunity? I, I don't think so. Um, I think uh, it, you have to figure out where you're going as a ball club. If, if, you want, if you want to continue to see what Jay has, I mean, I think we have a, a big sample size of that. Eight I'd years. like to see what Barkley has. I'd like to see what some other guys have so I can make some uh, good um, calls on those guys. But I'm, I'm in for Barkley. I want to see if he can make a step from here moving on to a, a team like um, San Francisco. I mean, when you talk about San Francisco, they, they were able to shut down Johnson uh, for, for the Arizona Cardinals. He had held him to about 55 yards rushing. So that falls on the quarterback. Now, now can you throw the ball because their secondary struggles a little bit. So can you make those plays? Can you make those same throws? And that's what he's going to have to do uh, moving forward. I think he's going to have an opportunity next week with Colin Kaepernick. He's playing well. They're going to put up points. Can he continue to make these strides? And today, even some of the – I mean, my gosh, he was – these should have been dimes he was dropping. These should have been touchdowns that guys are dropping the ball, even the ones – even on fourth down. And fourth down is a pressure play. Fourth down, last play of the game, even the series before, he throws a dime low. Uh, Thompson goes down and catches it. And then the next one to Thompson hits him right in the hands. The ball isn't tipped or anything. Hits him right in the hands. He should have caught it. And it's just he's throwing dimes out there. I, I love what I saw today. But like you said, I don't want to get too excited. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him do it again. Give me a vulnerable week. defense he faces next well, week. Well, yeah, absolutely. They're one of the worst in the, in the National Football League. They've got a lot of injuries that, that, that they're dealing with. And I would think it's a very winnable game for the mm -hmm. Bears for them to, uh, to feel good about themselves. And, and again, I just think if you look overall at the quarterbacks, yes, Jay had the big win over Minnesota. We played well. Um, there were certain things that went wrong in that game as well. But when Hoyer's been in there, I've seen the offense function. I thought the offense functioned pretty good today, even with all the gaffes that were going on. Drop, I yeah. want to see how Barkley can really, you know, see if he can eliminate that. I always bring up about being the CEO of the offense. It seemed like today he had the command of everything, helping guys out, you know, trying to, to get them along, but he put them in a position to win, much like I thought Hoyer yeah. did uh, at times. So I, I want to see more of Barkley. The one thing I want to see out of Barkley this next game is I want to actually see him win. Yeah. Even though the offense, like you said, and I totally agree with you, that the offense seemed to function a lot better when Hoyer was in there, when Barkley was in there, but at the end of the day, they still lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to see them win. When Jay came back, the offense didn't seem to function as well, but they won. So I want to see Barkley actually go out, have the offense function well, and they win the ball game. Like, I want to see them close out the game. And, I mean, I think that's, that's the next step. You, uh, you won't ever hear John Fox or Ryan Pace say this, but as we look forward to, another guy perhaps looking to prove himself is Dow Loggins, that he should be the guy moving forward here with this carousel of quarterbacks that he has. And also concerning the quarterback's decisions moving forward, especially if you draft one rather high, one you may consider to become the future at that position moving forward. But, you know, also, as we look at the college draft, as of right now, it doesn't seem there's really any clear-cut answer 
right now based on the body of work we've seen from the you know the Kaisers and the Trubiskys right. and the Kayas and the Kellys early in terms of those stages because a lot of that will get cleared up with the the interview process can you dive into the intangibles of those young quarterbacks like like what obviously Dallas thought highly of Dak Prescott because Scott Linehan from what I was told he was the only one in Dallas that said because they coached him in the senior bowl he said I need that quarterback I need that quarterback and he was right so all the intangibles, they knew he had the physical skills and all that, and he, you know, the intelligence and all that, but all the other things you need at the quarterback, obviously Scott Linehan did his homework on, on a young quarterback. The Bears are going to have to do the same thing. Now, whether that's in free agency or whether that's a young quarterback they, they see in the draft, but that's going to be critical for if, the team. If you like this system, if you like the system that you're in and you like um, uh, Loggins making all the calls um, as the OC, then yes, you – he has to be a part of that process. And, and you don't need the, the quarterback in college to completely go crazy and ball out. What you need is a guy that fits in your system. Yep. Does he fit in your system? You can have a guy like a Deshaun Watson that can scramble and make all these plays with his feet, but your system requires a drop-back quarterback where that doesn't make sense to get a guy like that, even though he's a dynamic quarterback in college. You get a guy that's good for your system, and then you make that work. That, that's how I see it. Um, so you have to make sure you have the system in place. If you go out and get a quarterback, you draft him that way, but you got to keep um, Dow Loggins here then. You have to keep him here. He has to be the guy. And real quick, Jim, what did you, what did you think of what he did on Sunday working with Matt Barkley? Yeah, I think here's Matt's a young quarterback, and I thought Dow called a really good game. You know, I, I really did. And, again, the running game's protecting guys. He's doing the play action. There weren't any bootlegs or nakeds or anything like that because we know that's not who Matt Barkley is uh, at the end of the day. So he stuck to the strengths of the quarterback, and I thought for the most part it worked out pretty well. And we uh, know that when the Bears did acquire Matt Barkley uh, shortly before the season started, one thing Dow Loggins said was that he loved that kid back from his days in USC, even though others may have overlooked him. We want to uh, thank you for joining us here on this edition of our Bears Talk podcast. If you're not already subscribing, you can do so on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, or Google Play. For Alex Brown, Jim Miller, Mark Janowski, and Coach Dave Wanstead, I'm Chris Bowden. Thanks for joining us. We'll have another Bears Talk podcast coming your way in the middle of the week.